0: Hello, this is Gary, and you're listening to Thinking Out Loud. Today's podcast, Thursday, October 20th, 2022. The weird saga of the United States of America continues. Strains uncertain time. A very surreal era we entered several years ago, we're still kind of in the, you know, hopefully it's a transition phase into, well, hopefully like a, like a a normal, but you know, what is normal, maybe not necessarily going back to what it was before or something, but you know, something that's rooted in sanity and logic, that'd be nice. It's a certain insanity in the modern time. It's a certain insanity of only having two options to pick from. It's a certain moral hazard situation. Certain representatives can take advantage of the fact that there's only one other option. You you just kind of hope that both groups have decent people, you know. But in a particular case, one... uh, one organization has gotten pretty consumed with power. Cause it's it's people. It's like who are the people that are leading one of the two main political organizations? You know, who who are these individuals? What kind of laws did they pass? What do they do with their power? And unfortunately it's like no matter how much information gets revealed about these very specific people. Regular people just keep voting for them anyway. This includes names like Lindsey Graham, Mitch McConnell, Jim Jordan, Josh Hawley, Marco Rubio, Ron DeSantis, Ron Johnson, Gozer, Gomer, Ted Cruz, Donald Trump. These lists of names are predominantly uh, wealthy, affluent white men from privilege many of them born into privilege, not too many from humble beginnings. If they were humble beginnings, those beginnings were a long, long, long time ago, and they've settled into a life of affluence comfortably and have been positioned themselves very nicely for decades now. Kevin McCarthy, another one to add to the list. So many other names that don't get as many national coverage, but some of the ones that don't get as much national coverage, they're really big. Some some of the most extreme ones. News sometimes feels compelled to just not talk about the most extreme ones, but sometimes they do. Trump, you know, he he was a candidate of the Republican Party at one point. News could have just, you know, not covered him as much, but they covered him more than other candidates because it was better for the ratings or something. It's a weird era because it's an organization whose members, so its members can spout certain slogans and stuff, but its members are specific people doing specific things, passing specific laws, you know, and then engaging in rhetoric in between to kind of divide the masses, to pit us against each other. And they do this time and time again, day in, day out. And millions of working-class folks still vote for it. They're voting for that. Tax cuts for the wealthy, tax cuts for corporations, cutting funding to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, public education, and infrastructure. And then, after you do all that stuff, ban medical procedures that only affect women. It's a way to criminalize being a poor woman or a woman of color and that is its purpose, and that is what it is doing. The anti-abortion law does not save babies. If you believe that life begins at conception? Wonderful. What other options do you have besides criminalizing a medical procedure? A medical procedure that is specifically referenced in the Old Testament, and there specific reasons given for why, in some cases, people may seek it out. It's been around a long, long time, so whatever you may believe about what other people you don't know are doing behind closed doors, behind in the privacy of a doctor's office, whatever you believe about it, you're allowed to believe it. So go on believing stuff. Maybe later in time, after that woman that went to the doctor that you don't know and you don't know why, announces to the world that she's pregnant. Yeah. Yep. But the Republican Party does not like that. They want to dictate to women by force, by coercion, through legal harassment when they must have child. No matter if it's, no, no matter what. Yeah. Even if they're own life is in danger if they go through with the pregnancy, even if they can't have go through with the pregnancy. Why can't they? Certainly not the government man's business, but the Republican Party is very much about, in its modern form, trampling on and suppressing individual liberty. Yeah, the very slogan that they spout all the time is something they're very anti- Individual liberty. They do not like it. They do like individual liberty for wealthy white people. They're all about it. Wealthy white people should be able to do whatever they want, especially if they actually become President of the United States. Now only in the most egregious situations do people admit that meet that specific criteria, will they ever face any kind of consequence and even then it's gonna be probably pretty constrained you know Donald John Trump was a wealthy white man born into privilege inherited 400 million dollars was allowed to be affluent the entirety of his life even though he was incompetent and could not run profitable companies he was allowed to say he was And he was allowed to spend massive amounts of marketing and stuff and lots of free publicity, too, to declare to the world that he was a successful businessman, even though he wasn't. Nope. He was a failure. But he was born into the affluent class. And even though some of the businesses, many of the businesses, possibly all of them, were run unethically, with corrupt intent, deliberately and willingly, for decades... He was still able to declare himself a successful businessman, even as colossal failures happened over and over and over again. He declared himself successful, and various media outlets went along with it, and they just sort of regurgitated the message that he said. And many people who voted for him, that was the reason they voted for him. They liked what he said. He said stuff. Most of it lies, made up bullshit, to convince you that he's awesome when he's not. It just isn't. It's a fact. He, Donald John Trump was never a successful businessman. We're, he, he was good at pretending to be one. He was good at the image of one. But in reality, he was not. That's just a fact. That is known now. Many did know the whole time, dare I say most, but some didn't. They thought he was successful because that's the image that he was projecting, paying for in various ways. He was propping up an image, but the image was just an image, just a mirage, and pretty transparent for me even as a kid but for whatever reason, there was real live adults when I was a kid who, you know, voted for Trump to be president way back in the early 90s when he was a reformed party candidate, but he lost the nomination to Pat Buchanan. There's such a farcical level of absurdity right now in modern politic. U.S. modern politics, representation of the peoples. It's embarrassing right now. The Republican Party is is one of two relevant options for representation in the United States of America that we are presented by the media. These are your two options, folks. Republican, yeah, no, or Democrat. Yeah. You know, like they're better. Yeah, I mean, there's decent people. In the, in the Democratic Party. There's decent hard-working folk that are genuinely, passionately fighting for the interests of people. Yep. Real, live people. Yeah. Like, going at the big banks and stuff. Yeah, like, hugely, highly profitable entities that somehow get away with not paying any in tax because the Republican Party made it so. Things go unpaid. You know, vital, essential services go unpaid because certain organizations are bending over backwards to make sure that highly profitable entities don't pay anything in tax. There's real life working class folk that go along with it. They vote for it, thinking that they're voting for something else, you know. They're voting for the R because that R is going to save babies by putting minority women and poor women in jail for going to the doctor. Somehow that's going to somehow some way it's going to save a baby not really quite sure how it may sound slightly sarcastic there but it's also like a legitimate how what where what you, you know <laughs> a woman goes to the doctor it's an, another person is suspicious as to why you know and, and an investigation is held had and it's discovered she had an abortion yeah, once you ban abortion and make it a crime, it's it's a crime, even post procedure. yeah even even if she was planning on having kids later, you know, bringing more life into the world later when she was ready. Government man said, no, you can't do that. You need to go to jail. <laughs> the law is just beyond stupid and so blatantly oppressive and suppressive. and so, out of another time, you know, like, a lot happened in the 60s, there was a lot of forward momentum humanity, but there's also a lot of, like, suppressing it, you know, 60s were a pretty volatile time that I did not live through, Uh, I don't know, maybe there's young people listening to the show that really think I am that old or some shit, it's interesting, some younger generations, they think that anything that came before them is, like, just old or something, or they have no frame of reference to think, like, I always had quite the fascination with the 60s as a kid growing up, even though it was, my own parents were still just children in the, in the 60s, you know, they were still, still coming of age and had barely become teenagers towards the end. But, needless to say, there was a lot of volatility, there was a lot of, uh, that's why certain slogans like Make America Great Again are very troublesome. Because there very was much was like systematic racism and oppression and certain fascist elements that had always kind of been around in this society. You know, oppressing of peoples of various for various reasons, of various types, for whatever, you know. And there was a, a greater rejection of that by a wider group of peoples, you know. Those fighting for equality weren't just people who were the specific ones, you know, being oppressed. There was other people that joined the movement, too, at uh, risked to their own health and well-being as well. But there was definitely a violent kind of oppression, you know, of protest, you know, on college campuses and stuff, and Kent State was not the only one. There was others. There was many. Where, you know, the military would be sent in because college students are being disorderly on a college campus. You know, you know, young 20-somethings are protesting a war that they have every right to protest against. And then there'll be, like, accusations that some have rocks. Well, it, you know... They have rocks, so it doesn't mean you get to get a gun and shoot back, necessarily. I mean, like, do you have a better way? But they didn't back then. It was suppressed back with extreme violence. You know, disobedience must be suppressed immediately, violently. And it's still, to this day, kind of the main way the powers that be choose to deal with dissent. Even if it's dissent of that very oppressive authoritarian style. They, they, a lot of times they'll double down. A lot of times the very reason that people are out in the streets protesting is because there's an authoritarian regime that's oppressing people or there's a very specific oppressive act that's being done by those uniformed officers. And so what they'll do is they'll just ramp it up even more. With exceptions, though, here and there. You'll see times here and there where you'll see the uniformed officer Walk towards crowd, shake hands with various peoples, and maybe even sit down and pray. It's an interesting perspective. That officer's mindset is to serve and protect the public. It's a fascinating idea. It'd be pretty cool if mo- more officers embraced that idea. Most do, but not all. We should be grown up enough to understand that. The Republican Party is an organization that believes that every single officer who puts on that uniform is absolutely 100% serving and protecting the public in every single scenario they come across. And some in the Republican Party, like Donald John Trump, believe that they uh, those officers that act violently towards minorities and escalate tensions out of no with no regard to. Other humans' lives you know, are even more so serving and protecting the public or something. You know, like Donald Trump likes that type of aggressive attitude that some police have towards people of color or people who are poor. Donald John Trump likes that police go in heavy with people like that, strong-armed, throw them around, beat them up a bit, even if they haven't even been convicted of a crime yet. That's good, he says. He supported that kind of thing. He digs it. No, he's never apologized for anything he said, nor asked forgiveness for anything he said. Think about that, Christian. Think about that. For some reason, there's people in your church telling you to vote for Trump. It happened a while ago. Why is that? Why is that religious leader not telling you the opposite? You know, obviously, you're not supposed to be supporting Trump. Which begs the question why did the Republican Party pick him? You were told years ago that in order to be a good Christian, you got to vote Republican. There there should be some inner turmoil, though. You know, there should be some conflict. That conflict being. The organization that many Christians have aligned themselves picked a person that clearly and obviously is what he is. Not a savior. To call him a false prophet is kind of strange too because he was always advocating for something that was completely opposite to the teachings of Jesus. Always, the whole time. Pretending to be, but not even doing a very good job of pretending to be in line with Jesus, like his way of pretending to be a Christian was to fire tear gas on peaceful protesters to walk a few blocks so he could take a picture while holding the Bible upside down. Like that was his "see, I'm a Christian" thing. Like he even held it upside down. That that you know, it's a, like the whole thing that was filmed. That whole thing. That whole sequence of events that was captured demonstrated how he's not a Christian, clearly and obviously. So obvious that it begs the question, why did the Republican Party pick him, of all the people to pick, the so-called Christian Values Organization? Are, it, it, it warrants some further investigation of what their true intentions are, if they're picking him, Donald John Trump. Now, you know, Maybe some Christians will go with the he who cast the first stone line, uh, but I'm not casting the first stone. N- 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 no, so the, the key key line there is first. Uh, yeah, so I'm not casting the first stone on Trump, I'm one of many. Most knew that Donald John Trump was a con man. To blame Donald John Trump entirely for our woes is obviously wrong, because it's obviously not just one person, it's other people going along with it, it's people supporting his behavior, rewarding him for doing the wrong thing, for lying cheating and stealing and being deceitful, he was rewarded for that, our society rewarded him for being bad, he was a famous villain, but a villain in a different way than Ted Bundy or Jeffrey Dahmer or Charles Manson, all who were on TV at the same time. That's Trump. They were all in the news. Intermixed together. With, you know, historical perspectives, black and white footage sometimes of things from not too long ago of the Civil Rights era and stuff. Yeah. You know, channel flipping you see, like, I Have a Dream speech by Martin Luther King Jr. And then you flip a few more channels and you have Donald Trump selling Burger King, wearing his classic suit with a red tie and weird hairdo, this wealthy white guy, born into privilege, who's able to make more money and more capitalize on his fame because he was born wealthy. He gets to pretend to be a successful businessman, which he never was. Not really sure how that myth became reality for so many. Where's that come from? He was in the news, and we knew his name because of every time he bankrupted a company, it was this big, colossal failure. And then the next time he would create some new company, he would get lots of free publicity from the news, and then a year or two later, sometimes less, it would be bankrupt again. You know? Even ones where it seemed like like a layup, like a casino in Atlantic City that has a, you know, the Taj Mahal theme. Like, that's interesting take, you know, it seems like would do just fine, but he found a way to fuck that up, even when the house always wins. He was, the house was definitely winning, winning so much that they actually weren't even, like, abiding by basic gaming commission laws, so their gaming license was revoked, and then thus led to bankruptcy. It's definitely an only an American tale. Only in America with such a diverse population. could we still just be having the two choices? An, an organization that picked a game show host, picked this picked this like known con man dumbass guy who was just a famous celebrity. He wasn't really famous for anything good that was known. It was a fact. It wasn't an opinion. But there's just enough people who were not aware of that. And one organization whose primary interest was protecting the very people like Donald John Trump, wealthy white people born into affluence and privilege, they took advantage of that fact. You know, it's wealthy white people that own Fox News, News Corp, big massive pharmaceutical industry, the coal industry. Lots of billionaires and millionaires, and they can buy all kinds of campaign ads and. Conservative media pundits that will gleefully, you know, say various talking points for them. And there's millions of folks that gobble it up. They vote Republican. That organization, then, when they have the power, they cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. And then, confiding to Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, public education, and infrastructure. After they're done with that, they start treading on the other people's individual liberty. Why did the woman go to the doctor? Government man wants to know, wants to find out, wants to have a criminal investigation as to why the woman went to the doctor. He wants all parties involved investigated. Lots of time and money is going to be going into that. Why did the poor person, the minority, have a plant on them? Why were they growing a plant? They need to be arrested on the spot because they had said plant on them. They were growing it. That's a crime, says government man. Is government man going to be too concerned if you're a wealthy white person growing a particular type of plant that makes people feel better? No, of course not. When it comes time to legalize it, wealthy white man is certainly going to make sure that he has the majority control of said supply, and that was some of the as cannabis was becoming legalized in certain states, that was some of the things that was being snuck in by certain conservative sides, making it so that basically single companies would own the supply of cannabis or something. It was crazy. No, it's a it's a plant to be grown anywhere on, under a wide variety of conditions, and it makes people feel better. Should have never been made illegal. It was dumb. It was made. The whole reason for making it illegal was an excuse for people who wanted to put black people in jail, to put them in jail. You know, it's a plant. All kinds of people use it. but It's a plant that benefits a wide variety of people, but you, know, you can just sort of decide to enforce here and there, basically. Lock up into undesirables. You've decided these people aren't abiding by system protocol. You know, living the life that you want them to live. So they're going to go to jail. You don't approve of this plant. You don't like it. So people are going to face harsh criminal consequences for it. Some people. Mostly based off of what they look like and what their socioeconomic standing is. Wealthy white people are not going to have to face the same consequences. Now the thing is, that's going to apply to just about every aspect of the criminal justice system. The wealthy white privileged affluent ruling class can afford, you know, attorneys that are going to be charging thousands an hour for, you know, a team of lawyers and stuff to protect their interests. And Trump is certainly one of those types, born into such extreme affluence that there's all kinds of system mechanisms in place to prevent him from ever really falling. You know, he's allowed certain privileges that are just like a birthright. And he, he really has to go out of his way to lose his position. Stealing government documents, trying to overthrow the government of the United States of America. Not only is he a free man, he's still a very wealthy man. Now he is finally facing some civil consequences at the bare minimum for his behavior with the type of power he had as president. But some of it is still the stuff he did, had prior to president the type of power he already had and the, the abuse of power he had prior to being president. He had a lot of power as a wealthy person, and he abused it. Insurance fraud, tax fraud. State of New York, ongoing investigation. That's totally different than the U.S. document, the government's classified documents case and all that kind of thing. is just It's purely the Trump organization the fact that him and his kids pled the 5th so many times in previous cases uh, kind of comes back to bite them in the civil case. Yeah. They avoided answering questions cuz they didn't want to admit their crimes. You know, so that that goes into account during the civil case. You know. Did their behavior lead to you know, criminal negligence or Financial harm to others. You know. They're seeking 250 million in damages, and uh, yeah, the bill is going to have to come due at some point. It's going to have to start getting paid. You know, Donald John Trump's debt to society and his debt will have to be paid more like a, an actual payment. You know, that's because people like him just don't go to jail. You know, he, he's achieved too high of a status to be allowed to go to jail. He, he would have to, like, literally commit murder. And even then it would be a, a different type of prison than we send normal murderers and stuff. We would still find a, a particular place to put him. That's different. He, he, he achieved too high of a status. So, like, he can't go to jail. That's not really... So it's almost like before we even convict him, before we even charge him, the whole system is trying to find out, well, what the fuck do we do with this guy? We did elect him. We did allow him to become president, even though he finished in second place. We just sort of gave the post to him anyway. He finished in second. He was five million votes behind the winner. But he was declared the winner anyway, and we all just sort of went along with it. Because intellectual people who whatever (laughs) they told us that's what it is this is the way it is you can't change it or something has something to do with like west coast and east coast or something or rural states something electoral college the the modern day trying to justify the electoral college is an exercise in futility it's just a moronic stupid thing that just needed to be abolished decades ago, but we just never got around to it, you know, it's a a stupid, stupid thing, but, you know, and, and really, (laughs) and it elected Donald John Trump in 2016, a, a certain testament to its futility, you know, the Republican Party, one of two options that we have, and that's one of the main flaws of the Electoral College, there's only two political parties right now, you know. It would be one thing if there was, like, many. But in 2016, the Republican Party just didn't give a shit. They, they just stopped giving a fuck. They were like, ah, the only people who are going to vote for us anyway are the Fox News watching crowd. So let's just go all in on that and and just say fuck you to everyone else. You know, like... That's what they did in 2016. And it didn't even matter. Like, yeah, they got the Fox News watching crowd. Sinclair Broadcasting folks. So... That's a pretty decent contingency in its own right. Some probably a decent number of folks who watch Sinclair, but none of the other ones. So maybe not even are not even realizing that they are indeed watching conservative media because they're watching their local affiliate that has the same name as it did years and years ago. But now it's Sinclair Broadcasting, which owns tons of affiliates around the country and leans its pr- presentation of the news in a very particular perspective. It's not locally owned and operated. Nope. It's pretending to be. That's why it has the same name. But it's not. It's frustrating that many people, even after being made aware of what Sinclair Broadcasting is, that they still insist on watching it. Because it has the same name and some of the same people. And the people are the people. But the new people are new people. Because there are also new people. That joined since Sinclair Broadcasting took over. You might not have even noticed. Or you've already over the years gotten used to them. But they're part of the thing now too. Where do they come from? How do they express the news? You know. Was there people that left right away? Or is that already lost in your history? When Sinclair Broadcasting took over. Was there an announcement of a long anchor like leaving shortly after? I kind of have foggy memories of that kind of thing. Sinclair Broadcasting with Como, I seem to remember particular anchors leaving, like, shortly after Sinclair Broadcasting took over, because it's like, it was no longer going to be true journalism, so the ones that were staying are going to be the ones, like, trying to kind of pull it into something resembling journalism, but the new ones are going to be loyal to Sinclair Broadcasting's ideology, which is convincing people to vote Republican. Presenting things in a very particular way, certain using certain phrasing of things, you know, and then it gets caught on by others, you know. It's very strange how so many local affiliates around the country use the same verbiage, you know. It's like we all kind of talk different in different parts of the country, but like all the local affiliates kind of have a very straight down the middle thing. But also how somebody, a lot of the ways it's the phrasing of things and how things occurred becomes similar. It's like they're all reading the same script, but that's intentional because they are all reading the same script if they're all Sinclair Broadcasting. Check your local affiliate. If it says Sinclair Broadcasting, try to find a different one to find out what's going on locally, you know, like, because you're being told what to think. You probably have certain objections to what I'm saying. It's a certain defense mechanism, maybe even like, well, oh no, because you're like diehard Republican. No, no, Republican Party is this, that. They're the small government. Democrats are socialists and liberals and blah, 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 blah. You know, whatever, whatever. You know, yeah, you've been trained to think that. And again, you might only be watching Sinclair Broadcasting. You might have certain ideas of homelessness. You might have certain ideas of taxation and stuff. But the the certain verbiage that you'll use is is very direct from. Sinclair Broadcasting script. It's weird to see real life people just regurgitate it. It's like, no, you. <sighs> Republican Party, the organization that you voted for five and a half years ago, they cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. Some people immediately lost their job because corporations got a tax cut, and then they could afford to restructure with greater control of the economy. The wealthy affluent class had greater ability to dictate price, thus having the ability to threaten and actually cause inflation. Just the talk of tax rates possibly being raised among that very specific class, they'll just start raising rates almost anywhere. Just They'll just start raising the prices of certain highly in demand products. Like, or things will happen, and that their their main focus will be always maintaining the profit margin, if not increasing it, no matter what's going on. And some indeed did do that. A million people died, the billionaire class grew in billions. It's like, an, there, there's a clear inverted relationship that should have been noticed more. When a million people died in this country, the billionaire class grew in wealth to the to the point where Elon Musk. His personal wealth was so high that he had enough individual wealth to propose buying outright a multinational corporation that is like the main communication platform for human beings around the world. And he was going to take virtually, you know, majority shareholder stake in it just because he had accumulated so much wealth during the period of time where just in America alone, a million people died. The billionaire affluent class does indeed accrue a greater, ever-increasing rate of wealth because of extra stress and anxiety and tension being put on the vast working class. Yeah, the basic foundational things continue to not be paid for, which do indeed cost. So that cost, that expense, just gets transferred as basically profit to the billionaire class. They just get to have that money that wasn't spent on basic foundational nuts and bolts, no-duh kind of stuff that needs to be done. N-E-E-D. Need. Like, people need food, water, and shelter. Those are needs. Needs. You know, the, the billionaire doesn't need more money. He may want more money, but not even all billionaires want more. Many understand that they have plenty, but some don't. And then they buy off politicians, and politicians then indeed do their bidding. There are politicians that receive massive amounts of money from very specific entities. This is known in public knowledge, and yet people still keep voting for those politicians. Why? You know, just like stop doing that. Stop voting for Marco Rubio, Mitch McConnell, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, Ron DeSantis, Donald fucking Trump, Lindsey Graham, Josh Hawley, Gozer and Gomer, Ted Cruz. Why do people vote for them? Who are in the working class? Why? Why make life more difficult for everybody? Why? Like the affluent class made it, even if there's a higher tax rate for them specifically, and starting exclusively with that. Why would you ever raise the tax rate on the regular working class folk when clearly and obviously there's massive, massive overindulgent among a, among a tiny, tiny percentage? You can rein that so far in and they would still be exponentially wealthier than the average person. They would still have their exotic luxury lives, you know, traveling all over the world and getting into all kinds of fun adventures and living in luxury houses and and never working a day in their life, wearing fancy clothes every day, fancy cars, fancy yachts, fancy homes, traveling around the world, never working a day in their life. That life still continues, even if they have to pay a marginal tax, even if they have to pay a wealth tax. They still are uh, affluent, but for whatever reason, and how millions of working class folk think that their tax rate is going to balloon because wealthy people making over $10 million in a year are going to have to pay a higher percentage tax on the portion above $10 million. And then we're going to use those funds as the initial funding of hospitals and schools. The easiest and most efficient way to pay for a public health care. Fund hospitals where they cure the sick. Those places, you know, have you ever heard of a hospital? My Medicare, Medicaid, my health insurance, baby, baby. Fucking fuck. Why the fuck was it allowed to get so fucking complicated? Holy shit. <sighs> the government government is very good at writing checks, is the thing. They're real good at that. And then just kind of letting various entities that handle that capability take care of its business. So hospitals and hospital staff know what they're doing. Yeah. So it's not government run health care. It's government writing the checks. We're raising enough funds to pay for that place that hopefully is in your town. If it's not, let's make sure we build one. There's some jobs there too. The building of the place, if there isn't one already. Maybe it needs to be fixed. Maybe it needs more staff. That's another thing there. Education and that. Well, there's more jobs there too, because you got to, maybe there's not enough schools. Maybe we need more staffing. So yeah, it's a lot of jobs and all that kind of stuff. It's pretty foundational, though, too, is the thing. So it's like there's still a shit ton of businesses all around that kind of thing, because so that's just funding of healthcare, hospitals, and healthcare staff. So when people get sick, they can go and get cured. You know, they don't need their checkbook or a credit card. If they have health insurance, great. Maybe that the health insurance company will give them some additional financial assistance while they're in the hospital, because the hospital is not going to give them a bill, because it's a fund, publicly funded hospital. You know, it's adequately funded to care for human beings that get sick and and need to get healed. Don't really know how I could break it down any more simply, but. Because it gets really convoluted and stupid. The how do you make healthcare a right thing, you know? Because there's a real diligent concern over a very particular sector of the economy and how it remains relevant in a profit sense if we fund hospitals directly. And the thing is, it's not even an entire sector of the economy, really. It's a very specific product within that sector certain types of health insurance products would very much still continue to exist and may very well have an increased demand for if our society funds hospitals directly and the healthcare staff that would work those places probably additional staffing required as we discovered during covid many places were understaffed and had nurses and doctors working you know around the clock shifts and and that's not good it's not good for the psyche of people we got to remember that people taking care of people are people themselves, you know, that need their own rest and recoup and stuff. So we've got to make sure we have plenty of people that that if they want to do that and they have the capabilities to do it, to be allowed to and not really it doesn't really matter what socioeconomic class you're born into. You know, let's fund hospitals and the various nursing and medical schools and other institutions of higher learning to make sure that we have an adequate supply of people that can pursue that. So because it's government funded, government writing the checks to the healthcare, there would be certain basic parameters on pay structure and stuff. A hospital administrator at a publicly funded hospital is not going to be able to make 5 million a year or something, maybe one at a privately funded hospital well, and they'll be comfortable paying that administrator that much but yes pursue a career in the publicly public health care sector there will be a certain for lack of a better word cap on earnings that's way up there brain and heart surgeons will make very good money probably more than the president of the united states of america does and if not pretty comparable you know six digits easy maybe even seven on the low end but a, certainly enough to afford a very comfortable life. First-year nurse would be ideally right, right, smack dab in the middle, median income for the area. So, all kinds of cost of living adjustments and stuff like that. So, a, a sort of more structured kind of uh, just like military salaries and stuff with the healthcare sector and stuff, years, experience, and. Uh, Expertise and all that kind of stuff, kind of a very graded kind of scale. It's sort of formulaic and this sort of just pay structure and stuff. But HR, staffing, supplies, and all that sort of running of the hospital, that's all done by medical staff. Yeah. So it's not government run healthcare, it's medical professional medical staff run healthcare. This would also be the same for schools, you know, public education, uh, allowing people that want to pursue higher education and various skills training to go and do that. So you fund schools enough so that they can fund well enough the cost of a certain number of students that they, they can handle to go to school to get the books and supplies they need for their respective courses and such and respective majors and all that sort of thing the out of pocket expense for the students would be well where do you live while you're there going to school so tuition and books would be just part of the covered cost to go to school how you live while you're there that's where you that's where student loan financial aid would still be in play it would just have a, a less of a role there, there's no like cost to attend the school the cost would be what you're living situation would be while you're there so again this is op- opens opportunities this opens opportunities that and that's the thing there's a higher percentage of healthy educated people people that are allowed to pursue what they want to pursue not sort of forced into a path based off of what multinational corporations feel is in their best interest which is kind of how the system is currently The system is designed to benefit certain types of entities entities that are the ones benefiting when gdp goes up big massive entities that their stock price went up that's what it means when gdp went up the quality of life go up by 2.7 percent if gdp went up by 2.7 percent no is it 2.7 percent easier to buy groceries no it means nothing in your actual day-to-day life. It's something, it, it's it's a data point that you can look at that's specific and say, oh, that happened. GDP, which is this, the total macro size of the economy, the total financial value. Various ownership stakes and stuff all added up. All the revenue, just the, basically just the total massive value of it. It's that number and it went up from this period of time to that period of time by this percent. It, you know, it's kind of sort of interesting. Certainly at the BLN doll, Dow Jones Industrial Ivoits, same thing. The economy's been structured a certain way, and there's been a few uh, spikes and crashes because of this overinflatedness of it there's not a proper Bell Groove distribution of resources still to this day our species hasn't really figured out as a whole how to do this certain people start accumulating power and wealth and then it starts still growing exponentially to the point where it's it's flowing in faster than they can do anything with it and it just it just makes it accumulate even faster they have to literally do nothing after a certain point the interest alone is massive amounts of money and they literally have to do nothing. Many of them do. And sometimes this generational wealth is just transferred. So it becomes wealth and power that you just acquire without any work to get, that you're allowed to hang on to in perpetuity, No, virtually no matter what. Well, the vast majority have a much different experience. The overwhelming majority. And varying levels. There's all kinds of levels of the uh, socioeconomic ladder. Various little rungs that are just a tiny step up, but just like a slightly different situation and stuff. But you know, the ever affluent, ever affluent ruling class, elite ruling class that Donald Trump was born into, they're they're on another stratosphere. You know, it, it's hard to fit their level of wealth on a proper graph that you can fit on a page. You have to like, you know. You have to make the the scale all screwy just to try to squeeze them in. You know, the 98% you can fit on a, a fairly nice bell curve distribution of incomes. But to fit that top 2% in there, it's it fucks up the scale of something royal. They're extreme outliers. A billionaire is a pretty insane thing that it's just allowed to be. be accept it as what is and no other way to be. An individual human is allowed to be a billionaire in financial net worth simply because the system allowed it to be so. They own certain things and those certain things have paid them in certain monies. Their ownership stake or whatever has a certain value that they can sell for a certain price or whatever. And yeah, you know, certain money has come their way. Certain value has come their way, because of the way the system is designed, not because that person like did it all themselves. It's just so crazy, you know, that we allow the, that to be the thinking. No, certain expenses are not being paid, like hospitals, road repair, you know, the infrastructure. Road, there's roads and bridges that collapse all the time. There, there's various necessary expenses that aren't being paid for and is extend just being transferred as revenue and profit to the owners of the economy and then we're pretending like the economy is growing because the value of those entities is more meanwhile the the infrastructure is crumbling yeah you know, it's like there's stuff that we need to pay for and you know, the top 2%'s desire for more money is just not as important. In fact, we, we need to start allocating expenses better. And again, the easiest way to pay for those expenses directly is to have very specific minimum taxes for big, massive entities. Marginal taxes on the ever-affluent class. You know, those people born into wealth that they can maintain in perpetuity without ever working a day in their life. They don't have to do anything. Many of them just kind of choose to pretend to do something, wear a suit, have a title, go on TV a bit, at least give the appearance of being some kind of professional of some kind, how and why people think that Eric Trump and Donald Trump Jr. are business professionals. is quite peculiar, but uh, to each his own, you know, they are chips off the old block for sure. But, uh, you know, they they were born into the fooling class, so it doesn't really matter how stupid they are and how arrogant they are and how incompetent mm-hmm. and deceitful and whatever, they, they, they get to maintain their position. But it may not be in perpetuity for them specifically. I mean, they did some pretty bad stuff that if any normal person would be caught with, yeah, they'd already be in jail, let alone their entire state liquidated, but they're still free, but they're kind of the poster child of the Republican party's true constituency, that, that very specific type, and Republican kind of reluctantly kind of brought Trump in, and because kind of knowing he he is one of their own, you know, so, like, that's why they're thinking, some of them early on was Trump Trumpy Trump, you know, they know he's kind of a wild card and stuff, but he's, he's one of them, you know, he's a wealthy white guy born into privilege, inherited $400 million from his father. You know, he's, he's a, he's a schmuck. He's an idiot, but he is part of the wealthy affluent class. So he's definitely lockstep with them when it comes to tax rates for the wealthy and tax cuts for corporations. He's totally on board with them. Whatever rhetoric engaged in during the campaign to get elected, they knew that, you know, he would cut taxes for wealthy corporations. But they were the part with the Republicans though is they were arrogant in thinking that they could control Trump. Uh, their main focus was making sure they can get those wealthy people more money. And they did. Wealthy people do indeed have more money and an even greater control of the economy than they already did. So they did accomplish that feat. And it's what they themselves refer to as an accomplishment. Paul Ryan, Speaker of the House, former Speaker of the House, called it the crowning achievement of his career when the Republican Party cut taxes for the wealthy and corporations. So, and then after that, uh, they started banning certain medical procedures. and you know, it, It's just... Uh, frustrating you know because there's just not more you know like there's some democrats i find very inspiring there's others there's just like me and there's others that are just awful it's a hodgepodge that's all over the place they are not a monolith by any stretch of the imagination it's just so weird that conservative media gets away with that presenting the democrats as this monolith it's like no they're not they're just everybody else <laughs> There's no other option, you know. That's presented in the news for whatever reason. There's people that try to bring awareness to other options, and they're on both sides of the aisle, as it were, or whatever. But news just refuse to talk about them, or very rarely. Libertarian, Green Party, constitutionalist. you know, Libertarian Constitution both on the right, Green Party's more on the left. You know, there are organizations that exist that nominate candidates for president, and they're on the ballot, but you will have never heard about them on mainstream media. You just, you just don't. These are the two we're allowed. Democrats or Republicans, so Republicans are are what they are. You know, if you like love Fox News and Tucker Carlson and Sean Hannity and Laura Ingraham, you you're gonna think you know Republican party's the greatest thing since sliced bread. But if you find that trio to be pretty distasteful and just there's a certain smug arrogance vindictive cruelty in their entire message that's just awful you know I I can only stomach a, a few seconds of their message that's just it, it's no good sometimes subtle and not so subtle racism you know embracing of violence and corruption and just kind of manipulating people and a willingness to. They get paid a good salary to do that. Working class folks vote Republican. Republican Party then cuts taxes through the wealthy and corporations, including the very corporations that those three work for. Maybe there's even some sort of incentive, like if said law gets passed and you get a little bonus or something. I don't know. They get paid a lot of money to say what they say, though. I don't get paid shit to pay what I say. what I say. Shouldn't say that. I get, did get paid $16.33 so far. <laughs> so there's that. What is the best way to dissipate the current way? We have to come up with a di- different way for the power structure. We have to give the you know, power back to the people. The people have to be willing to embrace it meaning work together, put aside silly differences, you know, but it's tough, because, yeah, if if someone is still pro-Trump, well, then they're pro a very particular type of thing, which isn't democracy, whether they want to admit it or not, but it's how to wake people up from that, but then also how to wake people from small-mindedness, stereotyping others, ignorance, you know. I suppose some on the Trump side may say that I'm stereotyping them. But Trump isn't, is not a political ideology that has a future. It, it, it is one of destructiveness and divisiveness and hatred towards the other. That it is what it is. Pretending that it isn't is just pretending. you know. And, and you can pretend all you want. But then, of course, the, the more adamant getting that you're pro-that is just the more adamant getting that you're pro-that oppressive authoritarian style government that's corrupt, abuses its citizens, and does it with glee. Massive amounts of resources just spent to cater to that very particular person's interest. And again it's all known and public knowledge and stuff. And gonna embrace it. Why? You because know, you you don't like the one other option. There's gotta be a better way. But dissipating from one way is the, the corporate structure. You know that's the very thing that kind of funds the, the publican machine and stuff. It's got to be a way to like massive walkout all at once, big a collective cohesive using social media, whatever strike among tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, if not millions of peoples, but it has to be cohesive, you know, like done collectively, well communicated between, you know, and done, done well, you know, tons and tons of corporate employees, locations all around, all collectively, just not going to work. None of them, you know, or a massive percentage How long do corporations hold out? How long before something is done at government level or something, you know? Like, the current system that we've allowed to exist in our society basically dictates how people live. Dictates what the whole flow of life is. They've gotten way too much control. We have to find a way to get some power back. If certain entities can't survive in a system in in which... Healthcare is a right and education is a right. Well, that's tough shit to them. Those specific entities, those specific business entities, those specific corporations that exist because of, you know, certain systems being in place. Well, that's. And if certain corporations of a certain size find that it's difficult for them to maintain their size, maybe maintain the certain luxury. Salaries for executive staff if the country they operate in has public health care and education. they Maybe they find they need to downsize a bit. Okay? And? You know? Economy may go through certain adjustments, yes, and revert more to a more of a true democratic capitalism if healthcare care is a right and education is a right. Less of a sort of a socialist capitalism like now where your choice in capitalism is for you want to go get a burger that's not too expensive and you can get it fairly quick well you got mcdonald's jack in the box wendy's burger king so kind of capitalist socialism and this is something the republican party supports and likes that basically you just get kind of the 10 same kind of options ish In every single town across America. Very little variation. They like that. I think it sucks. Um, You know, it'd be nice if there was more room for just unique places. And people making enough money to, like, go out more. And go to those unique places, you know. There's plenty of people that spend money at those crappy places that are everywhere. Socialist Capitalism. Which the Republican Party supports, you know. These ten options are your options for food here in every single town, and they're in every town. Now you'll have some towns have more variety. They'll have options beyond those, including other corporate ones like Applebee's, you know, Stecker's, you know, like Red Robin. The unique places are always the ones that have the best experience. You know the one-offs. Maybe they got two locations. Once you start in a bit more than that, it, it there's a bit more wavering. McDonald's is consistent, consistently like yeah, not that good. Like, what the fuck? Why is there a line around the block for people to eat McDonald's? It's been around so fucking long. Food Inc. was made how many years ago? Documentary about McDonald's. It's like it, I don't get it. It's just, best thing, you know, corporations do have a certain emotional testament to people. Like, blockbusters still around. Bend, organ Companies, corporations can restructure and still continue to exist. Yeah. And still be a publicly traded company, for that matter. Even if one at one point they have thousands of locations, they can go down to 25 and still be a publicly traded company. It just restructures. You know, if a stock price falls, people who find value in it will eventually buy it if they see value in it. Maybe the price will have to go to just the right point, though. So that'll all happen in a situation in which kind of there's a cohesive initiating of corporate minimum taxes. You're a corporation over a certain size, over a certain revenue, whatever the heck you're going to, you are going to pay a minimum of X, you know, an amount, you know, yeah, that's a percent, you know, a specific percentage or something of like total, so yeah, if it means they have to adjust executive salaries, dividends, the final payout amounts and stuff, yeah, so be it, like, they won't be able to like say, well, no, we don't have any money left, because, well, no, 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 you brought in this much money, figure it the fuck out you know like kind of thing because um, yeah there's plenty of revenue going into those entities and their primary purpose is to increase shareholder value and also there's massive bonuses paid to the executive leadership and stuff so they can afford a minimum tax there's zero reason for certain companies especially of a certain size and profitability revenue size to not be paying tax taxes that go to fund the foundations of our society, which those very corporations are indeed using and, you know, causing damage to, if you will, wear and tear on, you know, and in many cases, probably the bulk of the wear and tear. What kind of wear and tear does Amazon do on just the infrastructure, the roads, bridges, you know, flying around, all gas costs and all that sort of thing they they drain on the supply of various resources to for them to deliver all the products around and stuff like that how much are they paying for the cost of repairing the infrastructure amazon directly 0% yet they are causing a certain percentage of of the wear and tear you know that specific entity so that's the thing with entities of a certain size are causing expenses and, and, but they're late allowed to just defer it and invert it as profit so that needs to be fixed you know we need to figure that out corporations of a certain size need to start paying taxes people who earn a certain income or have a certain wealth need to pay taxes and and they and yeah over a certain amount it needs to get taxed pretty heavily to where yeah there's there's still no, technically no cap on earnings, you can still earn technically infinity dollars in a year, but it's, you know, 30% of infinity would be your net income, anyway, because it's just 70% of over the marginal, over 10 million would be your marginal tax amount, so it's just 70% of X, so X is any number you choose, if it's nine hundred and eighty seven million dollars that you earned in one year well then it's a 70% of that that you pay in tax that means 30% of that would be net income enough in one year to preserve plenty you know an extremely affluent lifestyle in perpetuity no you never have to work another day in your life and you could preserve it preserve it very concrete type investments minimal to any risk, you know, not guaranteed, but, you know, very low risk, fixed annuities that just kind of pay you a monthly allowance of millions of dollars a month, really, and it just never runs out, not too bad, so... People got to stop voting for the organization that is primarily focused on protecting those very particular interests. Massively profitable corporations that pay almost nothing in taxes. Extremely profitable individuals that don't pay enough in taxes. Thus, the infrastructure and the overall quality of life in our society decays continuously, generation after generation. While there's still bright little bursts of kind of hope for better, many within the republican leadership suppress it quickly and then keep trampling forward until the point where they get almost overindulgent in their arrogance it, it you know they actually picked a game show host who was famous for fucking over working class people that's what he was famous for prior to being a game show host. That's what Donald John Trump was most known for. It's another way of phrasing the con man thing. He's a known con man. He fucked over working class people for the sport of it. He enjoyed it. It's like he got glee out of it or something. You know? He just did it because he could. He could exploit people with less resources than him. They would sue him, but they wouldn't have anywhere near the legal resources or team to challenge his team. His team would be able to use all kinds of style taxes, tactics to delay. Meanwhile, the people that did work for him are waiting to receive their money, but are instead having to pay attorneys to fight this case. just gets dragged out for so long that eventually they just have to settle for an amount that's not enough to cover their expenses for doing the work for Donald John Trump. They made the unfortunate mistake of trusting him, which he shouldn't ever do. But many did. Many who trusted him the most went to jail. Those that were his most devout followers attempted to overthrow the government. And they're already serving time in jail. Some are facing charges. Just insane. Republican Party. Just after all that, though, they still are what they are. The news is still kind of letting them speak their mind, giving them one-on-one interviews. Let's give Herschel Walker a shot. <laughs> you know, he's pro putting women in jail for getting abortion. Even though he's paid for some of his mistresses to get an abortion, let's really like give him a shot on national news to really explain himself. Let's not talk to Doctor Warnock. Let's not just let. Let's just not let the clear and obvious better choice just get the stage more. Media has to kind of stay in the middle to the point of like dragging the clear and obvious less qualified candidate up to relevance somehow. And they did that way too much in 2016. They bent over backwards to try to find a way to make Trump seem legitimate. They kept covering him. So stupid. There's so many people running for president, most of them don't get a single minute of airtime. But for whatever reason, Trump got a ton. So, I don't know, hopefully this Trump thing is dissipating, hopefully. Hopefully the embracing of uh, corporate profits over health care as a right is dissipating, too. And hopefully there's very soon more of an embracing of health care as a right, education as a right, the rights of the working class people to pursue their best individual liberty, that the government stops treading on its people. The government starts being smaller and fiscally conservative and focus. That would be awesome if it start, started doing those things. If the government of the United States of America started acting with more empathy and humane values, Christian values, if you will, that would be awesome. Yeah. It's starting to get there a little bit. There's a good, decent human being at the post as president now. He has his flaws, of course. He's a little bit past his prime. I don't really want him running for re-election as his vice president is far obviously capable and far more in her prime right right now so obviously she would be a better choice amongst the two to run in 2024 um but you know whatever it's tradition if you run and you're serving in your first term then you you just sort of run for second term i think that's a flawed mistake i think Appreciate him serving in the post, especially after four years of Trump. And a certain insanity of that. But even though Joe Biden's a little past his prime, he's still got a good number of faculties left. He's certainly a far superior human to Trump, a far more empathetic, decent person. You know, if you start arguing of that, it's just like, what are you doing? Really? You know, he's got a D next to his name, so you can just attack his character and think all kinds of things. Trump, the attack on him, the character thing, it, it doesn't matter what letter's next to his name. The opinions of him were the same even when he was a Democrat, a reformed party candidate. It's was the exact same. He's the exact same guy. It doesn't matter what letter's next to his name. And for that matter, Joe Biden doesn't really matter what ne- letter's next to his name. He can have an R, and I would still think he's a decent human being. George W. Bush. didn't I didn't respect his political ideology at all, but yeah, he, he's a decent human, he had a good heart, he meant well, he tried his best. No, he wasn't the best person for the job of president, but he he was trying to do what he thought was best for the country as a whole, genuinely, with true empathetic value, but like, you know, he, he had, anyway, certain nefarious elements around him that kind of steered him in the wrong direction. He's just a little bit more of a sympathetic person, I think, than certainly Trump. He's just a better human. Trump, I, have still to this day fail to think of much redeemable about the man. The more sort of it's more just sort of a slight excuse, if you will, is just the fact of how he was raised and, you know, just being rewarded for the way he is. We need to stop rewarding that. We also need to stop rewarding the Republican Party for being what they are. They need to get reined in. We need an organization that's small and focused, fiscally conservative, based on Christian values, and cares about the republic as a whole and the people within it. We need that. That would be awesome if that existed, because it doesn't right now, really. Y- you know, because you know, Democrats have a wide range of focus. They're just simply the other option. So it's not a monolith. Again, Democrats are not a monolith. That's something that I don't know if people watching conservative media all the time truly understand. The vast majority of people that oppose the conservative media Republican ideology are all over the place in lifestyle and personality and views on government and stuff. We're not a monolith. The anti-tax cuts for wealthy and corporations people are not all believing the same stuff. We just share that in common. We don't want the government focused purely and solely on the interest of the wealthy. Stop doing that and focus on more better things. That would be awesome. We're a wide range of people though. We're not all Democrats. You, you, just to make that clear. So make sure you are registered. Make sure you do vote. Vote for people that are gonna truly protect your interests. Stay safe out there. God bless. This is Gary. Thinking out loud.